Todd and Rob in the afternoon. Hey, afternoon delight. With Todd and Rob. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And if we had a production team just like uh, Podcast Insider, I mean, not, not like Podcast Insider, like uh, the Podcasting 2.0 show, we would have had Dave in there as part of the intro today as well you know right yeah your your <laughs> army of uh contributors over there but hey rob welcome to the show and uh go ahead and introduce our guest as well yeah it's great to be back doing the show todd i appreciate it and uh yeah we're we're really lucky to have mr dave jones with us from the podcast index.org project and the uh he's been working hard over the last i don't know it's been a couple of years now on this new namespace uh, podcast. And so, you know, we're hoping to get the whole rundown on it and to share it with you um, about, you know, what the future could look like for RSS and podcasting. Will, a lot will of look things. like, Rob. That's yeah. right. What it will look like. Yes. With well, or without. You know, I think for a lot of people it's new, right? <laughs> so, so this is something that all of us want or – you know, a lot of us want, it's just a matter of getting it, getting yeah. it done, letting people know about it, getting the word out about it. Uh, and that's why Dave's here. So Dave, uh, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks. It's great. Uh, great being on with you guys. We should probably, uh, you know, Ed Ryan is down there in, uh, near Tampa. Yeah. Right. Probably, probably, uh, you know, Give a give a shout out to those guys. That's a pretty scary situation down there. Yeah, six hundred thousand people so far without power. My daughter left Tampa Sunday and went to South Carolina to stay with her brother. Uh, okay. So uh, she's. I think Tampa's looks like they're gonna be not get the worst of it. So, but it's a little further south. But yeah, it's it's mm. bad. So you know, of course, you know, there's a lot of rain going to happen for the rest of the the Southeast over the next couple of days too. Yeah. Like 10 yeah. to 15 inches or something like that. That's, that's nuts, man. Yeah, that's, that's, that's insane. Yeah. That's a lot of water to go. It's got to go somewhere, but, uh, so yeah, if you are in the Florida area and you are without power, well, you're obviously listening to this later. <laughs> and, uh, we, we hope that you, uh, you weathered the storm and if you're down there live, then, uh, still online. Uh, Yeah. Thoughts and prayers with you. You know, I, I went through a typhoon in Guam. Oh, my God. 90, 95, something. It's called Typhoon Omar. You can Google it. And uh, Super Typhoon. So that's bigger than a Cat 5. And Jeez. the little propeller at the weather station departed the building at 156. <laughs> so... <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's and like, that's like Chernobyl when they asked the how, uh, whole you know, experience, what, right? Is that what when they, when they asked what the radiation was, and it was like, well, uh, we don't know. It's it's uh, our things only go up to ten thousand, so it's somewhere north of ten thousand, <laughs> right? And uh, I lived on the beach, but uh, uh, Guam has a reef, so we didn't get stone uh, storm surge. The reef protected us from getting storm surge. We got a lot of waves up on the yard, but nothing like you would expect what they're going to get in Florida. And, uh, but I lived right on the beach and I had, when I first moved in there, there was a closet that was full of coffee cans, like Folgers, Maxwell house, the old metal ones, you know, that you used to get, not how it comes now in plastic bags. And I said, what is, what is this? How come all these 
coffee cane. So, oh, we want you to contribute because when there's a typhoon coming, everyone on the first floor takes their furniture and sets it all up on these coffee cans. And I kind of like <laughs> laughed at them, right? Well, when the storm was coming, we did that. I had 10 inches of water run through my house. It, oh, geez. Yeah, but since all the furniture was raised, actually the bottom of one couch got a little bit of wet. But other than that, um, just some new grout and we were, we were good, but in 37 days without power. So not my idea of a good time. And 37 I, days without power. That, yeah. That well, would, that, uh, the, the, the United, no place in the United States would, would survive more than, more than 72 hours. I mean, yeah. Like, and it's, it, we had, we were on the same line as the hospital for water. So we had water the entire time. So we could at least take a cold shower and it, when it's 80, 90 degrees every day, that was a godsend. And they had riots around ice trucks. An ice truck would be going down the road and they would, people would flip or do a Yui right in the middle of traffic and follow the <laughs> ice truck just to get ice. So yeah, it was, it was kind of, now I was in the military, so I was able to go on base and have food and, you know, and at least have something to eat that was, is, you know, not cooked on a barbecue, but yeah, it's, it was crazy. Hey, before we kick off here, let's uh, get into our, to our boost. And I don't have any fancy boost um, thing like like Adam does, so I have to do my own. But, hey, big thanks to uh, Scott's Cora. Scott's Cora for sending 50,000 sats. He says, hey, looking forward to hear that Dave guy on today's episode. Pew, pew, Scott from Talking Beards podcast, podcast-www.talkingbeards.com. Go podcasting, Todd. I will email you my address privately. Yes, 50,000 sats, and you get a care sticker package from us. You got 3,002 sats from Mike Dell, Dave Jones, the pod sage. Uh, that's interesting. We have to talk about that sometime. What that, how you got that nickname, or I'm sure Adam assigned it to you, but uh, got 333 sats from Mitch, uh, 1,000 sats from Mortz from Albie, another 1,333 sats from Mortz from Albie says, OP3 is great innovation for podcasters. Thanks for picking up this topic. Mort's from Albie. And then, uh, oh, that was uh, a week ago when you sent us 21,000 sats there, Dave. So we appreciate that yeah. from from before. But um, anyway, hey, before we get into the the meat today, you guys been following the dust up over iHeart and some others and doing the little uh, tricky D by buying uh, listens? Yeah. Yeah, I've been following it, Todd. Yeah. I've been commenting about it too, about, you know, the unethical practice that it is and, and how this is just an extension of what we've seen in the past, right? Todd, th this is not a new this is thing not new. in podcasting. It used to be uh, done by individual podcasters, not big by big corporations that were buying listens. And, you know, I guess, you know, in all honesty, if they want to buy listens, let them buy listens, but don't run ads in those listens. Mm -hmm. Right. You're running if you're running ads in those listens and you're billing for those ads, mm -hmm. I, I you know, in in my personal Todd Cochran's personal opinion, not to be associated with my company, but my personal opinion, uh that's borderline fraud. I th I think you would have a hard press case to say that it isn't, Todd. <laughs> if, if you know, if I was a media buyer. I would, I would be on the phone. I, I think, you know, I, I can't go into the history, but probably, well, I have to be real careful. A number of years ago, 
I did an audit on a company because we were asked to by the media buyer. And there was some monkey business that had happened and it, and I won't go into the monkey business, but they had to write a $6 million plus check back to that advertiser for that monkey business. Mm-hmm. And there we go. That's there. We got the boost 50,000 sats from Adam Curry. Give me my sticker. All right, Adam, send me that mailing address. Right. <laughs> so, so, I just, I, I'm just a little, I was a little shocked to begin with, then not surprised. And then finally I'm thinking, so I like called my, I called Lena and I said, tell me, please tell me that our fraud system would have picked this up. And mm-hmm. we talked about it for a while and more than likely, and again, uh, we're going to pull some data and we're going to go dig through our stuff to see if we can see anything. I got to, we got to do some experiments. We got to play the app, play with the app. We got to play those. Mm-hmm. We got to, you know, the problem is, is I don't have the log data from them, but we're going to try to figure out what the user agent for that app is. If there isn't a user agent, which I doubt. I guarantee you it's Apple Core Media. Or some I bet you it that. is too. It so, may be hidden from being able to see. So it's distinction. It's probably Apple core media. So we have another part of our system that when all of a sudden we start seeing a lot of short plays, in other words, it's just like someone's doing a click farm type of action and then Mm -hmm. moving on. And this is what would the activity would look like by supposedly playing 20 seconds of the, of the audio and then kicking to kicking them into the game. Um, there is going to be a certain amount of that will be preloaded, but I'm going to go look or, you know, because usually that will stick out like a sore thumb because we can see in a show shows normally run a certain ratio of completes to mm-hmm. partials. And when it busts that, when it busts that uh, threshold, we get a ding, 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 you know, we get a, a notice. So we haven't got any of those notices, but I'm going to go and do some more investigation. But so it's, what you would only get those notices on uh, at Blueberry if one of your customers went and paid for this. That's right. right. That's right. Yeah. And that's that seems I wonder how what I could not glean from the article is how widespread this is about like how because it said it just said, I think, like a podcast networks or something like that It was sort of vague and it, it mentioned iHeart. Yeah, um, and there was properties. one Bloomberg show, and it was actually Bloomberg yeah. that was doing the reporting. And the New York Post. And the New York one. Post. So I yeah. I don't measure any of those shows. But here's you know here's what I would typically do. And we get alerts from time to time on shows. They're doing stupid stuff. Someone buys a click farm in India or something like that. We, we will email the podcaster and say, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> and, it's like getting that letter from uh, <laughs> from the ISP in the mail about hey you uh, it you seem to be running torrents you know and, and downloading and, movies and and you know and oftentimes we'll never get a reply but all of a sudden this activity will stop and I'll say okay let's go ahead and you know let's put that in the denial list and you know we'll, we'll look for this activity again and you know maybe we list those specific of course you can't list IPs because IPs change all the time. But you can you can filter on activity. But I, I, all I can say is there's probably going to be some significant discussions 
Matter of fact, I know there's one Slack channel where there already is a lot, and I can't say what's being said in that Slack channel, <laughs> but Sounds Profitable is in there, I'm in there, and, you know, some other folks. So um, I, this is unacceptable. Yeah, yeah, Todd, I think you know, that they, they also alluded ahead, in some of the coverage on this that they, the player that, that does this um, is, I guess, obtaining a minute worth of data. So it'll pass the, the, IB, uh, the IAB filter of yeah. uh, a minimum of one minute of data. It depends right. on each app is a little bit different and how much mm-hmm. they'll cash up. It, again, mm-hmm. it's it, the speed it, of the connection. Too, it's speed right? of the connection. There's a whole bunch of variables, and that's something we had to work for years at looking at each individual app. You know, some of them grab more, some grab less. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it, there's not a one size fits all on how much is 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 bite chunked up. Right. And um, so we're, we're gonna we're gonna look and see if we can find any of this activity. If if anybody knows, okay, we had a lot of people that listen to the show. A lot of people that are in the measurement industry. If you have any info, like any type of user agent information that's outside of Applecore Media or something like that, we would I would I would love to have that info. Feel free to email me um, and just send it to my personal address, geeknews at gmail.com or you know, and just you know, Rob and I love these kinds of little juicy tidbits. <laughs> <laughs> Investigate. Well, we can add those to the block list, right? That's well, the idea. Well, it. you know, I <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to do, but I might spend a little money to figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) Because this is, this is outside. Like I I think it's a related thing, but this is, this is another example of something. What I've been fighting the last couple of days is cleaning up the index from, and I'm, and I know y'all seen it cleaning up the index from all these free movie download uh, guys. And so, and you know, it's the same, it's the return of the same, Yep. Uh, people, I'm sure that you that did the escort services, mm-hmm. the Bangladesh, you know, mm-hmm. escort services and stuff like that. So there's these, you know, just for uh, for uh, completeness' sake here. So there's people that want to g- game the Google PageRank SEO juice. Yep. And they will create a phony podcast and they'll throw uh, using the uh, hosting services free seven day or fourteen day trial mm-hmm. period. Yep. yep. Create a, create a phony podcast, upload one episode, put a huge description with a bunch of links back to their site in it, and they all they want really is the podcast page, yep. the HTML version of the page. And they'll create hundreds of these things so that they can get uh, Google to see a bunch of link backs. You know, it'll juice them up in the SEO. And so there's you know the new the new flavor of the month of this is these. Uh, Free free movie download services that have like you know local you know latest hit movies or whatever adult and, adult services and free movies are the yeah the big things right now yeah and so mm-hmm. we've been cleaning you know I've I've been cleaning those up the last couple of days and notifying all the hosting services I'll say you know here's a big batch of URLs you know FYI you've got a bunch of these on your site just giving them a heads up and then you know but what I'm thinking at and it, you or talking about the the you know these plays through the gaming apps it seems like a similar thing and so and what i mean is it seems like a similar thing in the in the way that we could as an industry uh in an open way develop some machine learning models and that kind of thing that would spot this sort of these sort of shenanigans so i would lo- like I, I mean the the index is perfectly positioned 
to see these things because we ingest everything we see. And so when we see, like with Podping, we get a Podping about a new episode that's just been published. Well, we get that for new for new feeds too. So we see these things, they pop into the index. We could just, as I find them, we could just route them to this open machine learning model and train and be constantly training it. And so then the uh, we we could automatically notify or the hosting companies could hook in and pre-test, you know, with this open learning system, they could pre-test their feeds as they're doing uh, being signed up for trials. I think, you know, I think these things are these things are good when they're discovered, because then I think everybody in the in the industry can do something like if we can find some of these uh, some of these people that are doing some of these shows that are doing these uh, game app download shenanigans. We could pump some of that through OP3, let everybody see the the, the log data as yep. it comes through, and yep. then build a model off of that. I think I think it's a pretty good opportunity, actually. Yeah, and and it, there's there's really, you know, from my perspective, because I'm looking at the onboarding report every day, and I'm going through and like, oh, here we are. There's five. Click, click, click. Cancel, 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 cancel. You know, and block, 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 block. You know, so I can I, tell you, Todd, that you're not the only one doing that, that by hand. Yeah, a lot, a lot of the hosting companies are ha- are manually yep. having to take care of this. So it's been a conversation, and I probably shouldn't talk about this here, but we've actually almost we're very, very close to because some stuff comes in. I'm like, is that real or is that someone that's set something up to use next mm-hmm. week? And it, there's this borderline whether or not okay is this a is this going to be a real show or not? Uh, we we might switch back and re- require a credit card to be put on because once you do that they're 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 gone yeah. they they don't do anything so it's basically because we're giving that free thirty day trial no credit card required and uh, that's where we never had this problem before when we'd give them a thirty day trial with a credit card required and that what it really does is that that person that's on the fence, we will lose some onboarders that would potentially be customers because they're like, I don't want to get my credit card because then most of these companies make it painful to Mm -hmm. cancel. They're afraid they're going to have to get on the phone and spend two hours with someone, you know, begging to cancel the account. You know, I can't make it clear to them, hey, there's just a little thing on our box that says cancel and you're done. You know, it's cancel. Yes. Put your password in. You don't have to call nobody. But they don't know that when they're onboarding. So mm-hmm. if we make them re- enter a credit card, then they say, oh, let me go over to somewhere else that doesn't require a credit card mm-hmm. instead. But so for me, I've left it open at this point and just we're manually dealing with these knuckleheads that are coming did, on and creating I did single almost episodes. 5, 000, I cleared almost 5,000. Wow. Yesterday. Wow. Seven different hosting companies. Yeah, I've seen the the number in the index has been dropping over the last couple of weeks pretty pretty significantly over the last yeah. week or so. Yeah, I can tell you what that's about. That's uh um that's worth talking about because what <laughs> one thing that we've always done uh or one thing I've always done is that we I have been a real hands-off approach on feeds that have iTunes IDs. So we don't we uh-huh. don't pull from Apple but we get a lot of uh, inputs from from other directories and apps that do. So, like for instance, uh, Marco at Overcast, he syncs his database with us um, on a min- by minute by minute. So we're getting, and his is all iTunes. So we're get we get these sort of we 
we get these iTunes feeds like sort of in a roundabout way. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I've always taken a hands-off approach and said, okay, if it's got an iTunes ID, I'm really not going to police it very much because uh, a lot of the apps are going to expect if they look for this ID, they're going to expect to find it. And even if it goes 404, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to leave it alone because it may come back. You know, sometimes people miss mess up their feed and they, like, we give a grace period and sure. that sort of thing. So finally, um, so that I've really never touched those very much. So I finally said, okay, index been around a couple of years. Let's just get in there and start cleaning up some old iTunes ID feeds that, um, that we've ne- that we never really police. And so we looked at it and said, okay, if it's been, uh, if it's, if it hasn't published a show in, you know, a year and it's 404, uh, we're, we're just, I'm just going to remove it. Yes, well, done. that removed yep. like a hundred thousand feeds within two weeks. Uh, it ran, it ran for a while. So yeah. uh, that's what that was. Yeah. We actually, have, uh, I've got a intern. It's not, he's not even an intern anymore. He's already graduated col- uh, college. He's getting his uh, PhD. You have an intern? I want an intern. Hey, come on up. Well, <laughs> I'll, I'll intern you. Um, we got a guy that's going for his PhD and he worked for us for, you know, several years, a couple of seasons as, as an intern. He says, Hey, I'm, I'm just running. He's doing this big, uh, doctorate on, I don't know. He's running com- big computer models on supercomputers. And he said, I'm, you know, I set the thing to go and I have to wait five hours for the results to come back. He says, I'm just hanging out. So what have you got mm-hmm. for me? And I said, well, I, I, I have some directory work that needs to be done. <laughs> so, you know, we brought him back on and he, he's actually not an intern. We put him on part time. And so he's been going through my directory and cleaning things up. Though, thus the, the Mastodon messages I've been sending you about the endpoint and some of that stuff that we were hoping that you could make a minor change on. I don't know if it's minor, at least I, I think it's minor, but because yeah. we've been basically doing the same thing. We're cleaning up our directory. And then what we're going to do here very, very soon is we're going to suck in the master and then we're going to, and then start pulling you for the new shows um, to keep ours current. So yeah, that the cleanup thing is a pain because, you know, it doesn't matter what you do. You're going to end up with dupes, um, yeah. duplicate listings. Uh, you know, yeah. some people start yeah. a show and they say, Oh, I didn't want to do it this way. And they create another podcast. It's, so it's just, it ends up being to just clean up the internal directory in our, on our side is, Oh, it's kind of say this. It's kind of scary. You're going to get mad at me, but WordPress is the worst about duplicates because it has 10 different mm-hmm. URLs right. for the same feed. Yeah. You know, exactly. So we will end up with like 10 versions of this thing. We've, we've gotten, we've, we've evolved to get a lot better with the dupe, the deduping. We've got about three dedupe scripts that run uh, hourly and look for mm-hmm. things. And, uh, it's got, it looks for, um, hash, hash collisions. We do, a, we do some content hashing from things that are stable in the index, uh, about the feed, things that don't typically change. So we have some hashing. We look at uh, we look at image, the art, um, and yep. we look at uh, we don't look at title collisions because it's just too much. Too much. It's, it's not yep. useful. Too much. It's not useful. Um, and so we've the dupe the dupes have become less and less and less. And uh, we integrated that into the actual parser so that it catches it faster in the process when it comes in. Uh, so I think I think I think we're doing a better job of that. The WordPress ones are still the ones that are complicated. And, yeah. and as, as you know, the iTunes uh, stuff where people will set a redirect, but then never change the feed URL in iTunes. And That's you're right. like, okay, right. what do I do? <laughs> yeah. 
We had a um, talk to a client, a, a new client that we're stealing from somebody. He's got 120 shows and he's been using taxonomy podcasting on his WordPress site and a puller. So basically they're hosting with somebody and they've been to update their website. They've been using a plugin to pull the RSS feed to update their listings. And, and we're like, Oh my God, actually custom post types. And I'm like, Oh, oh I'm like, why did you do that? I, you know, because for us to migrate his 120 shows with custom post types, this put this way, my poor support team are going to be, you know, with that client for probably eight hours one day, just, you know, are you, are you going to have to write an exporter? Or we know we've got it. It's already built into the system so we can okay. handle them, uh, those custom post types. Okay. But it's going to be about marrying up that data that's already in the system. And mm -hmm. so, you know, it, it, it's, but it's, you know, and I'm like, if you're running WordPress categories are great. Don't use taxonomies and don't do custom post types. Just do category podcasting. If you're going to have more than one show, right. if you're using WordPress and you have a single show, don't create a category podcast. Just create your single show. But people do all kinds of crazy things. And of course, we made PowerPress so that it would support people that had 120 shows on a single site. And you're right. It can get ugly. But I think for us, what we've tried to really do is make sure that that feed is distinct. But some of the plugins don't play so nice. It makes it look like there's a podcast feed, like you said, um, when they have not assigned it a, at least in our plugin, you have to, there we go. We have to designate a category specifically. So uh, 500 sats, just wanted to hear a live pew pew. There you go. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. <laughs> so, so are we still ha having an issue? And this is a little bit of a derivative topic from what we were just talking about, but um Feeds that are getting cloned or duplicated um, by, you know, people that want to take, let's say, the serial feed and want to create it, you know, duplicate it in a free account. I mean, are you seeing I, those type of things um, still go on, Dave? I've seen less of that. I, I see seen that, less of that was a problem okay. for a while, and that seems to have dropped off. And now I think it's because it's just – it's not as much of a sure thing. You know, it's, it's just not that easy to drive traffic to some new feed and anchor right. stopped publishing directly to iTunes. Yay. Uh, Which yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so I, I think a lot of that stuff has fought from what I can tell has fallen off. And the, the only ones I'm that we see now are people that are directories that inadvertently do that. So, um, like, uh, there was one, um, What's the name? Oh. Hakawati or something? H a k a w a t i. They were republishing host hosted. They were rehosting feeds, and they didn't uh, they didn't realize what was happening there. Yeah. And so we we just had to write rules to exclude that. But it, oh, you should you, when you when you see that happen, make sure you email me because I like to put those kinds of folks on blast because okay. <laughs> that's hijacking feeds without proper knowing that's what you're doing. You know, yeah, that's like what uh, yeah. Castbox did a few yeah. years ago, right? Yeah, right. doesn't happen very often, but I love it when it does because I have fun with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, that's it's good that that's. Le I mean, that's less of a problem. I think everybody has switched to the SEO spam stuff mm, now. It's, yeah, it's an e like some. It must be yeah. an easier money maker. I don't know. And what's funny is we actually do a little trick within our directory until you're up and paid as a. Uh, we basically depreciate. In fact, if you're on, uh, if you're on WordPress, 
and have an account with us, we make sure that our directory listing is depreciated so that it doesn't get as much Google juice. Mm-hmm. Um, so good luck to those folks. If they, they want to come over and, you know, they continue to do it on Blueberry, which we've seen some of those, then uh, just let you know that uh, until you're reviewed, your, your, your program, your page link is depreciated. And there's a few ways we can do that. And I'm not going to, you know, it's like not being the index, not, you know, not being a few places and Google doesn't take that page's seriousness until you say, okay, you can elevate it and allow it to be, to be indexed. So Rob, does Libsyn have a free, like a free trial account period? Do y'all, are y'all seeing the same SEO? We only offer uh, well, I mean, I should, it's kind of two things right now, but we generally just offer, let's say up to two months free, um, on a, on a paid account. So, yeah. So, and then, then we do offer some free hosting over with the Lipson Studio platform, but that's kind of a creation tool. But they have, uh, to, they have to enter the credit card though, Rob, to get that free trial? Uh, yes, on, on the up to 60 days free on yes. Lipson. So yes. you won't have that issue. Yeah, right. I, I, exactly. the reason, I mean, that's the reason I ask, because I've not been seeing yeah. very much of that on Lipson. If I can't mm-hmm. remember any. And I, yeah. I, you know what I would love to I mean, see? We don't make it is, easy for people to try and do this kind of stuff. All right. Uh, what I would love to see is a tag or some kind of specifier within the feed that denotes that this feed, this feed is a free or a trial period feed of some oh, sort. That's, that's a good point. That could be another that was namespace tagged, extension here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If that was tagged in a way, it would make it very easy to spot these things uh, just right out of the gate. I was right. I was on the phone yesterday with Ted at Apple on some other stuff, and he talked about um, a tag that uh, oh my god I'm having a brain fart. The guy that's over at rss.com is a text field tag. Yeah, the ver- yeah, like a oh, sort to do verification. Ben? Yeah, yeah. I think we've got some traction on that. I think we're going to do a little sort of a. Uh, if you want to get into that, I think we get, we're going to do like a new strategy, uh, wow. where we do, I feel uh, pierced. Todd. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we're going to do like a dual strategy there. The, the longer term vision for the verify tag is to have a way to do sort of a handshake between mm. the app, the app and the host in the hosting company so that you can say, uh, where you, where you can verify that you are the owner of the feed or you can verify that you are a subscriber to a subscription feed. So this is eventually mm-hmm. going to evolve into an o- open subscription mechanism. So you can say, uh, well, you know, hey, I, here's a feed and I've paid for this. So I should get the content. I should get these enclosures delivered to my app. Uh, and then the app can say, well, okay, well, we need to prove it. And there will be, as part of the verification uh, tag, there will be a callback URL within the tag and the app can bounce you out in a web view in a web view mm. to prove you know to that callback URL it will sign a JWT a, J- a JSON web token send that back to the app and say okay yeah this this person did pay then that's that's proof of subscription there and then you can uh, and then the app can send the token back when it requests the enclosure to say okay I'm a valid subscriber um, that's mm-hmm. that's one version of this, but the the ownership verification where you're pr- you're verifying that you are the owner of the feed. Yep. Could it could take that same form, and eventually I, th- I think that's what we want to do. But 
in as an interim step, I think what we're going to do is is create just the verify tag uh, as an empty f- where the node value of the tag is just a text field where you can put your tag in what, there, your what, uh, code in there. Why not make that so it's a free form that we can put anything in there? So in other yeah, words, right. I can I can tell a podcaster, okay, here, put this code in your in in. And if, but the problem is, is not everyone's going to adopt it. So there's going to have to be an alternate way for those that can say, please put this in your verify tag or whatever we're going to call this. or this free form tag um, with your provider. So I can guarantee this is your show or, you know, to prove ownership. But we could also do that for a whole bunch of other things, like you said. But I, I think a free form tag, just to put whatever we want in there. That as a hosting provider, I can say, okay, and I want you to prove this is your podcast. Uh, um, you know, put in uh, eight nine six seven two, and then we'll mm-hmm. go pull your feed again and, and validate that's you. Um, yeah, we talked about it at Podcast Movement a little bit, and uh, what what we came up with uh, with Ted was that we could just do sort of like the tag would mimic like what a text record field is. Yeah, in DNS, DNS exactly. Text free form. Yeah, and that's mm-hmm. a simple tag. I mean, that's just Easy. a dead simple tag to have. Yeah, and then the the more complicated stuff, the stuff that requires the handshake, that can come later. So yeah, this will solve an immediate problem. So uh, suggestion for the nomin uh, a uh, what do you want to call this? I I make a motion for the for the boardroom uh, on yes. Friday to uh, to move that up into the. Uh, yeah, it's Robert's <laughs> rules of order. So you need a second. Uh, uh, I third it. I'll, uh, yeah, yeah, okay. So uh, Rob gets the third. Yes, we'll bring it up in the board meeting. All right, and, so uh, that'll be pimp. That'll be pimp six. <laughs> Uh, podcast improvement proposal. So, and, and I think that would just, that's going to help with the, with, with the emails going away in the RSS feeds too. We, and again, yeah. it doesn't matter it, if, if you're coming from somebody else that's not participating, then we'll say, okay, then you need to put this code in your, in your latest episode or something post so we can know where to find it and pull it. But yeah, for, do, people are doing it already. Yeah. You just need a place to put it that's not in the show notes. Right. I mean, that's kind of goofy to well, stick a random code in the show it, notes. If, you know? if I do it, Buzzsprout does it, and four or five others. But if I get someone coming from Anchor, they're not going to do mm-hmm. it. So I'm going to have to say, okay, you know, prove that you know this is. Give me well, your validation. They, you know. Yeah, that, they don't do much of anything anyway. So. So I did have a before we get into the whole taxonomy. Of, of podcast 2.0 in the namespace, how many dead shows are there in there for Anchor? How many? How many have you excluded? What? What? I I thought it was probably how close. many were there, Todd? Well, how, how many? many I, there I'm still? expecting there was like 1.5. I'm, I'm my guesstimate was there 1.5 million dead shows. Right. Well, I, um, I killed 800,000 in one day last year, <laughs> so that'll tell you one thing, and nobody even noticed. We had not one single comment about it. So um, I, I think we have about, we have close to, uh, oh gosh, I think we have like, last time I checked, it was like two and a half million. That are active? Uh, no, 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 no. That's that's total. So I, I guarantee you it's up probably close to 2.8 now. It's getting close. It's probably getting close to 3 million. And of those, like 1.7 are active. Wow, that's actually um, that's higher than what I would have thought. Let me let me clarify about what I what I mean by active. Okay, <laughs> I don't mean they're actually I don't mean they're publishing episodes because that number is closer to like one hundred fifty thousand. Oh, what I mean is that when I say active, I mean they they met the baseline minimum criteria to be called a podcast. Right. Because what those eight hundred thousand that we killed, 
those were shows that had like test, two test, episodes test. of one. Yeah. Uh, one of which the episode was somebody making mouth noises. Like they didn't test, even meet test. the minimum yeah. criteria. Yes, right, exactly. right, right. There's h- hundreds of thousands of those on, on, you know, in anchor. So we, yeah, we, I, I'd say, I think last time I checked, it was like 150,000 that were like actively publishing an episode. And within that group, I don't know how much of that was like new, new podcasts versus established ones. Um, so I, I don't know what the number is now, but uh, it's big, very big. <laughs> so if you've been listening to this show and you're thinking, what, what is this podcast 2.0 stuff all about? Podcasting. Daniel says he's going to get a quarter every time I say podcast 2.0, but right. excuse me, <laughs> podcasting 2.0. Um, I think that we want to, you, you gave a, you and Adam gave a great presentation at, at podcast movement and, uh, Thank you. and most people weren't there and they, uh, they did not get to see this deck. I'd like to have you essentially do the, 10 or 15 minutes that you did at PM and I'll, I'll act as a moderator here. Let's see if I can bring this up yeah. and, and flip yeah, the right uh, switch. Yeah. Todd, I'll, I'll, let me paint the picture a sure. little bit about why, um, why this and they, you jump in as well. And, and okay. there's been talking, talking the industry about RSS, right? So, um, and criticism of RSS as being not, uh, a technology platform that has had a lot of innovation or improvement or progression or those type of things. And uh, there's some in the industry that would like to get rid of RSS. And so this is, this is an effort um, to, you know, kind of show a larger number of people what is actually going on with RSS and what the, uh, what the potential opportunity is for us um, as we look to the future. And I, I'm excited about a lot of the stuff that's in this and, and I would love to see more and more companies embrace all this, um, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Lipson included. So, you know, the podcasting 2.0 initiative on your slide, Dave says, preserve, protect, and extend the open podcasting ecosystem. So that is a great kind of tagline for what, what you're doing. So go ahead and jump in and tell us, you know, your side of the story. That's kind of how I perceive it and why this is important for us to consider as we look to the future. Yeah, I guess, you know, from the, the ethos of podcasting 2.0 is pretty simple. I mean, it's, it's really that mission statement. It's uh, to preserve, protect and extend open podcasting because we, I mean, you can do podcasting in a million different ways. Uh, You can Mm -hmm. have all kinds of private APIs and, you know, you can, you can think of a whole bunch of different ways to do it. But uh, the way that it's the way that it was it was invented and the way that it's been done and the way that it continues to be done is um, is the way that's the best. It's the way that's open. There's only you know, there's really only one uh, one other technology that is like podcasting, and that's the open web. Um, I mean, Mm -hmm. it's it's a beautiful thing that nobody wants to lose. Uh, People make lots of money off of the open web. Uh, it's not like being open means you can't have a business around it. Uh, so it's it's the it is the most beautiful way that we've seen to decentralize and distribute media in a way that preserves the 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 privacy 
and the ownership of people over their content uh, preserves the listener's ability to listen to whatever they want without an intermediary or a third party uh, dictating to them uh, what uh, what they can and cannot listen to. Um, mm-hmm. It's a it's something that we don't want to lose. So that's that's really the ethos there. And and in order to do that, you know what we figured was you know we have to have features that are that are not just on par or at parity with what closed platforms can do. We have to be able to move beyond them and move faster and make better features. And um, I think that's what I think that's what we're doing. I mean, you know, so the first thing that we went over, like in the uh, in the uh, uh, in, in the slide deck there at uh, Podcast Movement, was Podping, and that's something that uh, Power oh. uh, PowerPress released support for yesterday um, with Blueberry uh, doing the work there. And Podping is uh, a solution to the. Uh, is there anything new there yet? Are, are we there yet? Mom problem. You know, it's uh, RSS is everybody knows is you check a feed thousands of times a day just to check and see if it possibly updated once. And so it's a humongous waste of resources. It's a waste of time. I mean, we, you know, we, as every directory does, we have to run tons of ser- expensive server horsepower in order to just check these feeds all day long, every day, uh, mm-hmm. it's a huge waste. And so Podping said, um, okay, how could we do this better? There was a solution called WebSub, and it's still obviously functional, but WebSub solved it in a way that puts an intermediary between um, between the uh, the subscriber and the publisher. And so what you have, it's a it's a server-based technology where you essentially have a server that sits in between and the hosting company tells the, uh, the web sub hub server that it has published new content for a certain feed. And then everybody who wants to know if that feed updated has updated subscribes to the web sub hub server. And the theory is whenever, whenever the publisher says that they've updated, then anybody who's subscribed will get a notification and mm-hmm. that works except uh, there's lots and lots of subscription activity going on. You have to keep subscribing to these things over and over and over. Um, and so like one, one of our servers at podcast index does nothing but resubscribe to WebSub subscriptions all day long. You know, every second of every day, it's just resubscribing to WebSub. We have 4 million feeds. And so if you do the math on that, that's, you know, thousands mm-hmm. and thousands and thousands of resubscriptions. And if you miss the ping from the WebSub hub, if if it tries to ping you and you happen to be have an outage or there was an internet blip or something like that, you you'll just never know. So uh, we flipped that around and with PodPing, uh, we we're using a public blockchain, and so uh, ho- the hosting company or the ho- or the uh, self hoster whatever that is the hosting platform that controls the feed, it knows when the feed updated. And what it does is it writes that update to the blockchain. Uh, it's a public blockchain, and it's bec- it becomes immutable and permanent. So every three seconds, a new block is added to the chain, and th- those blocks will contain all of the RSS feed URLs that have updated. That the the beautiful part of that is that you, as a subscriber, somebody who wants to know when feeds updated 
you don't have to keep servers up and running all the time. All mm-hmm. you do is watch the blockchain, and when you see that a feed URL comes through that you're interested in, you know that it just updated. That means that you don't have to wait to be notified and worry about whether your server uh, is going to catch that properly. And if you reboot your server, if you have downtime or an outage or something like that, when your system comes back up, you just go back in time to right before the outage, pick up from that block and read forward. So you never miss any updates. It's not, uh, it's, it's a public permanent blockchain. Uh, so that was the, that was the whole idea there. And that becomes that idea of Podping, uh, that platform becomes the basis for stuff that we do in the future, um, uh, with other tags like the live mm-hmm. item tag and, uh, the, and cross app comments and me, the music and the, the music and medium tags, these things become, uh, uh, reliant on the things that podcast uh, that Podpink can do. Can you share, uh, um, Dave, a l- little bit about your thoughts on on the blockchain? I think a lot of mm-hmm. people are kind of confused on that and how that might uh, work here. So it might be good to have that. And I know that some people yeah. are kind of scared to use that term because it, <laughs> it, it it it's had some baggage associated with it. Yeah, I think um, there's a, there's confusion, and there always has been about blockchain and cryptocurrencies. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, you, people consider them to be the same thing, and they're not. A blockchain is just a linked list of uh, data blobs. So it's a cryptographically secure ledger, essentially. And you don't have to have a cryptocurrency tied to it. The blockchain we, we chose to use here is something called the Hive blockchain. It's a proof-of-stake chain, which means it's not, uh, it's not processor or energy-intensive. Uh, it's a staking chain. It has no, uh, there's no like power based mining with GPUs and this kind of thing. It's eco friendly. Uh, it's what Ethos just switched to. Yes, eco friendly exactly. Right. So and and it's very fast. Uh, it's it's every three seconds. So um, that's the thing to know about block blockchain is one of those things we've been hearing about for years, and it's sort of like a a problem looking for a solution. Um, excuse me, a solution looking for a problem, and it's right. like you you it. It makes everybody's head spin because they're like, ah, there's nothing. I mean, there's no use for a blockchain. <laughs> we can always do something better with a real database. And ninety percent of the time, that's true. But every now and then, you run across a use case where a blockchain is actually the perfect solution. And that is, uh, like for cryptocurrencies, it actually happens to be the perfect solution. And that's the that's why it was chosen for uh, this use case. It's also the perfect solution. Because it's public, uh, it's immutable, it's cryptographically secure, and it lets everybody participate in a way that makes sense and is eco-friendly. Um, there's nothing else could do that. So a blockchain is really just a list of items, not unlike what an RSS feed is, right? Yeah, imagine uh, imagine you know 10, 10 million RSS feeds cryptographically linked together, and you got a blockchain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, this. Yeah. It's it's like taking all the records of a database and laying, you know, sort of conceptually laying them out end to end. There's, if, you're, if you're familiar with the term a time series database, it's more like that than a traditional, uh, than a traditional database. But there's, uh, yeah, it, it, it fits the use case perfectly. You know, there's one thing I keep hitting my team with is the rules and the, and the concept behind the rules of podcasting 2.0. 
and really the, I don't know if we want to call it the mission statement or the, the, the value upon which you want to do. And, and you, you sum it up real easy here in, in your demo, in your deck. And can you talk about the three rules? Oh yeah, sure. Um, that was, that was the stuff that we came up with, uh, sort of as a concept more than, more than even spoken was, uh, never leave the app. And so any feature that we, that we create any tag or, or, or ability, we want it to be something where the app, the podcast app, the player app can do it itself. Uh, we want to provide a feature where the app can implement it and you never have to bounce the listener out to some website or some other place. So that was sort of, you know, rule number one, uh, rule number two is the feed is the source of truth. Um, mm -hmm. and that means anytime that something happens and we'll see this when we talk about the live item tag, anytime something happens and the player gets a signal or some sort of indication that, uh, something has happened with this podcast if it doesn't say that in the feed, then it's not, then it's ignored. Or, or if I, in the index, if I flag a feed with something like somebody says, Hey, can you change such and such about my feed? And I say, yeah, sure. I'll go in there and, and change that for you. Well, if the feed comes through the next time we poll it and that feed has something that conflicts with what I just did, the feed's going to win. The feed is always the source of truth. So no matter what the app thinks is going on or the platform thinks is going on, the feed wins always. I guess there was only two things. I thought there was three for some reason. I can, my, my <laughs> we point, can make up a third one. My, my point to the team was we got to keep the listener in the app. Got to keep yeah. the listener in the app. And, and, and really, if you think as if you're a podcaster, if we give them all the abilities to do everything in the app, we keep the app developer happy, interact with the, the host, all that things make sense. As soon as we drive them somewhere else, guess what? We lose them from being in the app and enjoying our content. Yeah. So, I mean, look at look at the closed platforms. Look at YouTube, Spotify. They don't ever want you leaving. No, they don't want you leaving. That's anathema. Mm -hmm. They never want that. And the same thing, we want the same thing with the open podcast ecosystem. The only difference is we don't care what app it is. Right. We just want you to stay there where you know wherever you happen to be. So let's talk about the easy stuff. Chapters. Yeah, yeah so Chap, yeah, chapters are um, not unfamiliar with pot, you know, podcasters, but we did a different, we did a different take on chapters. So the the chapters that we created is is a is a JSON schema, it's a JSON chapter format that can live in the cloud somewhere else uh, other than the audio, and the feed can just link to it inside of your episode. Um, the cool thing about that is you can crowdsource your chapters out to somebody else. And we do that on our show. So, uh, on the podcast and two show every Friday, Adam, when he publishes the show, he just creates a blank chapters file that, uh, he uses a product called hypercatcher studio. There's other ones. Uh, so the sovereign's feeds developer, Stephen Bell, he's working on one. Now he's got, he's got a, uh, a good one. Uh, you can, uh, Adam will create that blank chapters file, publish it, grab the URL and stick it in his feed. And then all the apps can see that there is a chapters file here, but, but there's no chapters yet. Well, then one of the guys who is part of our, the podcasting 2.0 project, he volunteered to do our chapters for us. 
And so he always quickly listens to the episode within usually, you know, a couple of hours after we publish. And he just, as he, he uses the Hypercatcher app to listen to it. And as he's listening, he just tags chapters and gives them a title. Sometimes he'll throw, he'll give them an image or a link or something like that. Any, any metadata that, that goes through. And by the time he's finished listening to the show, it just, he, as part of listening, he actually created the chapters file as part of the listening process. And then that gets, that's constantly being updated. And by the time he finishes listening, everybody else gets the benefit of now they have a fully formed chapters file. So that means it saves us time during the publishing and editing process. And uh, everybody else can participate in creating chapters. And that's where you have, like, if you've got that super fan that wants to help, mm. they can they can do that. And if you want to pay someone, you can do that. But, you know, usually shows have, you know, a handful of super fans and say, hey, will you do the chapters? And here's the here's the info how to do it. Um, yeah, we, he, we pay, we pay him a portion of our split in our show every, every week. We pay him 5% of our, uh, incoming boosts. He gets nice. that as a, you know, as a cut for the work he does. That's something that we'll have to talk about sometime because I don't really understand even how to do a split. Like today we could put you on the split, but it's like, it's not suit. And it's, you know, it's a geeky thing. It's like, okay, where, <laughs> what do I put in where and how and so yeah. that's some stuff that we're kind of scratching our head a little bit about because some of the stuff is, it's cool. And if you can figure out how to do it, it makes a lot of sense. If you're giving him 5% mm -hmm. split every time, you hard code that in and he just gets 5% and because mm -hmm. he's, he's supporting. And you, you support the back catalog too yeah. that way because you get, um, you know, like our, every time we have a guest, we put them as a split. And uh, then forever, from now on, if anybody ever goes back and listens to that episode, he gets he gets the he or she gets that cut of that split. Right. There's no, you know, we don't have to go back and figure it out. It's just automatic. So you've so, got a slide here that says casualty. So what's the skinny on this? Oh, causality. Yeah, Todd, that was. Oh, go ahead, uh, Rob. Yeah, I wanted to add, wanted to add to this chapter conversation, and yeah. and that that was you know Apple has chapters, right? They support it in their ecosystem. How do we help the podcaster kind of like thread that needle between the two ways of doing chapters and podcasting? Just curious. Um, what we've seen from hosting companies that support the cloud chapters so far is they usually will do it. Uh, they do it at the same time. They'll put in if if the listener want, uh, excuse me, the podcaster wants to create chapters, they will mm -hmm. they will insert those into the MP3, the audio, and to create the chapters file. You know, in sync. With okay, each so other. both both then. Right, is is right. some did they write a parser from that JSON to well the problem is you have to put it in MP3 because the chapters you are resigned. Yeah. You have to do that at at the time of publishing. So you have to that's pre-work that the host has to do. This is re, this the beauty about this is you, you don't have to do it while you can get your show out and the chapters can come later. Right. Yeah, those chapters can come later as the uh, you you can do it however you want. You know, our hope is that the this the other benefit it may help be helpful to talk about it this way the other benefit of this is that you divorce the chapter uh the chapters from the audio right so that right. the audio format does not have to uh support natively chapters you could use you could put chat ch video chapters in you you could use a wave file you could use a you know whatever you an mp4 you could use whatever 
and it doesn't matter and you don't have to go rewrite that audio every time if you don't want to. Yep. Um, so that this, this sort of takes that chapter creation out of the audio so that you don't have to do the heavy lifting of, of editing that thing every single time. Instead or, of only being supported in Apple podcasts, now you're supported in all the podcasting 2.0 apps. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, I suppose it could be the, the tool that is the master production of the chapters and it could be added to the MP3 because who knows if Apple's going to support, um, this in the RSS feed, right? It's not part of their namespace. They will. They will, Rob. They will. I'm, I'm bringing the optimism today. They're, oh, no, no. I, I want to, too, but I think Todd and I know the, the, the history here. Um, mm-hmm. They tend to drive their own agenda. So hopefully we can get them to, to embrace this. And, and, but it's a way for us as podcast hosts to, to enable a, a, a process for creating chapters. And then if that is the only way to get it into Apple, then we can import that data into the media file. I'm so lo- it can go the other way. Too. I'm looking at this from a different perspective too. I'm also looking, okay, let's, let's say that Blueberry adds chapter support to our platform. Mm-hmm. Then I'm going to figure out number one, we want to go ahead and support the podcasting 2.0 apps, but I'm also going to support my own ecosystem. I'm going right. to have something in my ecosystem that when, just like the closed caption, if someone's going to have chapters, I'm going to adapt it. So my player, mm-hmm. my web player can support chapters or whatever functions I have for the content right. creators. We're going to look at this and bringing as much value to, to it's again, not a lot of people are, eight, nine percent of people click and play on a website, but every little bit helps in this, mm-hmm. in this adaption. And cause sometimes all it takes is someone to say, Oh, look at that. It's like when we introduced time hacks in our, in our mm-hmm. show notes where you could click on a time hack and it jumped the player to that spot. People were like, look at that. And it was a great way for them to do social promotion for a specific clip. Now that's another podcast mm-hmm. 2.0 thing that's, available as well that I wouldn't have to do those notes anymore because there's other functions now, but it's, there's just lots of different ways to skin this thing. And if, and by the way, if anyone's listening to this, no one owns this. Dave and Adam are, what's the best way to say this? Facilitating? Uh, Sherpas. Sherpa. Sherpas. Sherpas. Yeah, we we are along for along for the process and uh, and providing guidance and uh, you know and that kind of thing. We we yeah. No, I I write up the uh, the namespace as it is uh, as things are being finalized and formalized, and I keep I'm sort of the 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 maintainer of that right. side of things. But there's also a separate uh, f- you know for uh, just this reason, so that it doesn't look like any one person owns this. Uh, there's also a second maintainer of the namespace, and that's James Cridland, and he's an in, he's another independent voice within podcasting, and so we both have mm-hmm. uh, maintainer access on the namespace, and so there's times when uh, when we dis you know disagree about things and we talk it out and try to come to and we say okay well here's what's going on somebody wants this <laughs> and another person wants this and you know we so we there's no there's no benevolent dictator right here. right it's, right uh, you know it's very much community driven and we just maintain it because when we had a whole bunch of namespaces that we made up for our for our own system no one adopted them because they were blueberry namespaces so right, right you know right. and we've talked about that many times on the show so it was like go you know go dave and adam go because it's like 
it's it's not in my sandbox. So well, even oh. if Todd was the second maintainer of the namespace, that's still too much. That's still too much. You have to have right. independence. independence. Know, it's got to be independent. That's true. That's true. Because everyone has agendas, and we don't like agendas, except for yeah. no agenda <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> so, uh, so, so, are you showing in this uh, Podverse app just the chapters, chapter marks? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's just an example. Demo. Right. Yeah, that's just a demo of, of how to do some pretty cool stuff with Cloud Chapters, links and links and, and images. And there's also the, something people don't know about Cloud Chapters is it can also hold, uh, it's an extensible schema. So it can hold uh, location data as well. We're going to be putting value block stuff in there mm. so that you can have splits at specific chapter markers. Like this can be expanded to hold all kinds of cool stuff. So if you want to give credit to a news source or to an article or an artist or whatever it may be, you can say, okay, at this point in the show, we're going to do a 5% split for a specific amount of time. Yeah. 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 Very, exactly. very, very, very cool. All right. Transcripts. This is one I love. This is one that obviously is, I think has gotten wide adoption. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The transcripts is pretty much uh, very simple to understand. It's just a link to a transcript file. Uh, the best, the highest fidelity there is going to be an SRT uh, format transcript, uh, but it also supports uh, JSON, VTT, uh, text-based transcripts, even HTML. Uh, so, I mean, if you have a transcript, and again, that transcript can live anywhere, uh, the transcript tag is just a link, a yep. URL of where that transcript is. And again, just like chapters, it can start off as just a stub mm -hmm. or like a, a placeholder. And then the tran because transcripts take a while to generate, you can go ahead and pre-publish, you go ahead and publish your show and then the uh, the apps can can check each time you go back and start playing the episode. They can check, oh, is the transcript there yet? That's and that's grab a, it. That's exactly what we do. We put a stub in the database, create a dummy file that basically says transcript is coming. We mm -hmm. ship the audio file to the transcription service. They send us back the transcript. We overwrite the file with the with the transcript, and bam, you know that way we don't have to update the feed again. We learned some stuff the hard way with the with these things with the because when we first started doing it, we were publishing uh, we were publishing tags like the chapters tag and the transcript tag, and there wasn't you publish it with a URL, and the URL wouldn't be populated with a blank file yet. It would just be like a four hundred four or oh, something. Oh yeah, and uh, we found out pretty quickly that a lot of apps will crash. Like we were crashing podcast apps doing this, and so. We sort of figured out along the way. Okay, here's the proper way to do it. Mm -hmm. You publish a, you know, you publish a blank stub, but then you update it and that yep. kind of thing. So it's been there's been a it's been a learning process, yeah. And you know, and and be honest with you, we didn't listen far back on the podcasting two point podcast. I've heard that discussion because I was in the team. I was like, how are we gonna, what are we gonna do? Because that takes that transcript file takes three to five minutes to come back. What are we going to do in the intern? And, you know, one of my teammates, well, we'll just put a dummy file there with a little bit of text in that says transcript coming soon. And that way it's there. So we That's figured that we, we run with scissors and y'all do things the right way. Is basically what it is. Well, no, we, we, we got lucky. We didn't realize later that we, Oh man, we should have done that. But if I'd have listened, been listening to some of the earlier episodes, I'm like, Hey, this is what we're going to do. So let's, yeah. Let's talk about the funding tag. Yeah, the funding tag is another simple tag. Just just a link, uh, a link to a source of funding that you want to send your subscribers to or your patrons. 
Uh, so it's you go to Patreon, buy me a coffee, memberful. What it can go back to your own website where you have a Stripe donation page, uh, subscribe star. What there's lots of these services out there. So you, uh, this is just a simple tag where you can put a URL to your subscriber support site, and uh, and a, a t- text message. Hey, support us if you can. And some and, uh, yeah. some of those apps are actually recognizing that if it's a PayPal or Patreon, and they're actually putting the logo in the app mm. so that they can actually see the associated donation link. Now, this one will take you off the app, obviously, because you're you're sending them to external place to to donate. But right. at least you have the option of being able to do that. Yeah, and it's pretty simple because you can pull up a web view. And mm. that way it can, it drops you back into the oh, app. Oh, that's not, smart. It's not kicking you out. It's keeping you sort of in the app so they just, as much as it can. They yeah. do a shell around it like an iframe almost. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, next one. Oh, yeah, you have the demo here. Yeah. So is this where the NFT type of support could live? Or is that mm. in the other area around, um, uh, what's it called? Um, value. Rob, you know what NFTs are, right? Scams. Not, so, <laughs> well, I think that's that's the perception now, Todd. But I, I'm not so sure the technology of it is is a scam. But yeah. Well, yeah. Give me all your money, dummy. That's that's uh, what's NFTs are. Yeah, I think <laughs> it's just I'm another sorry. part of the blockchain type of type of yeah, scenario. I, yeah. I think you could take that. Um, I don't think it really works here. I think it would probably would be a value, a value mm-hmm. block thing. Um, the thing about an NFT is they're sort of they're sort of malleable, right? Um, it's a fungible you know, they can, token. Right. Yeah, they, they can be adapted to 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 do a lot of things. It depends on what you're trying to do. So I mean, like you could um, have an NFT that express that expresses uh, this person's identity or something like that, mm-hmm. and that could fit into into a person tag or something like that. I think it can actually fit into a lot of different places depending on what your use case is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, th- I think it makes the most sense probably in the value tag though. If, if you, if anybody has a million dollars, I have a new media show NFT that we will sell you. <laughs> so, <laughs> and it was guaranteed. It's guaranteed to appreciate in value. No, uh, no, no I will not story. say that because that's the quickest way to an SEC violation. So, <laughs> You don't have to say it. Everybody just assumes it. Right? Yeah, right. But anyway, right. back on the funding tag that you see a dollar sign on the, uh, which app is this anyway? This is Castomatic. Mm. Uh, and so that that icon sort of becomes not grayed out when you have a funding there. Gotcha. Uh, and you can, you can pop into it. Yeah, the, go ahead. The person tag. No, I was just going to talk about the person tag. Yeah, yeah that, the person tag is, is very cool. And the, it's one thing there, you know, there's some of these tags that I'm surprised has not had more adoption. And this is probably the poster child for that. Some of them you're like, okay, look, this is a complicated tag. It's going to take work. Uh, we're not, you know, whatever. It's pretty obvious why this is going to take a while to get adoption. The person tag, it is very simple. And I don't know why there has not been more pickup of this. Yeah. And it's also uh, it's been, just, you know, s- something that others in the industry have tried to promote too, like Apple and Podchaser. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, pot, uh, to my knowledge, Podchaser still is not ingesting the person tag. Really? And, and I don't, I don't understand that either. 
So I mean, yeah. maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they've changed that. I, but I thought they were the genesis of this tag. They they weren't the one that suggested this tag. No, they I think weren't it was the Apple genesis the of one the that tag. actually came up with it. Well, no, no, I'm talking about the podcasting 2.0 person. Tag. Oh, they yeah. weren't the genesis of this tag. I think that may have been Cridland actually uh-huh. that came up with this tag. But the um, the they helped with the podcast taxonomy. Mm. So the the nature of this tag is as the the person's name. This can mm-hmm. be any person related to the podcast. Doesn't have to be go host, uh, host guest any of that. Uh, it just any person that's affiliated with this podcast. Their name, uh, a link to their bio if you want to. That's optional. A link to their avatar or picture. Again, that's optional. And their role within uh, the podcast and that role. Uh, function that role uh, attribute links out to the podcast taxonomy list. So any if you have uh, if you want to notate in your podcast who does uh, who's the guest uh, who's the host who's the co-host uh, the uh, graphic designer mm-hmm. uh, the sound engineer yep. the producer right. the executive producer you anything that's in that podcast taxonomy and that's where the pod, uh, that's where Podchaser helped. Anybody in there can go into that role attribute. So you can get real specific about get credits. And, and as an example, and, and Cridlin's already done it over in Podland. This is, you know, what I was like, this is no brainer because, you know, we run a yeah. directory as well. Why don't we have these, these, uh, you know, if we implement this, we can have, we can roll those right into the directory and show the host and the, and you know, all the people they're supporting the shows. So, I think that uh, you're right. This is an easy one. This is code wise. This is a couple hours. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, now that no, no, simple. Yeah, it is simple. You know, getting into interface and all that stuff is, you know, takes a little longer, but all right. So location tag. Yeah. The location tag, it's, it's actually kind of a similar concept to the person tag. It's what the, is another simple tag, the name of the location or the place that this podcast is about and there's optionally you can attach geolocation data data to it. So you can attach the longitude latitude uh, if it's a real location. It doesn't have to be a real location. Let's just say that let's let's say that the this podcast is about uh, Narnia or um, you know uh, Her- or uh, Hogwarts School of wi- uh, Wizardry. It can be um, a fictional place, but the idea is that it's what it's the location or the place that the podcast is about not where it's from so if you're podcasting from austin texas i mean but it could be right i mean it could could be if your podcast was about austin texas you know right um or if you wanted it for some reason to to note that it could but it's really intended for to help discoverability so that people who are looking for stuff about austin texas can find podcasts about it yeah, I think a good example of of what this is doing is being done by platforms like uh, uh, TuneIn, right? Where they have radio stations that are located in various cities around the country, and mm, you yeah. can find those content sources based on the geolocation. So that's a good. That's a good. That's a good example, uh, Rob. And you, yeah. you could also have um, uh, pl- there's a app called Maps.fm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that will, you know, use location data to pinpoint, you know, give you geolocation data about about podcasts. Right. So I think, yeah, I think this is a pretty valuable tag. And again, it's it's one that's pretty low hanging fruit. It's not really hard to implement. Mm-hmm. 
So this one here is, you know, oftentimes people think of podcasting just as, you know, spoken word podcasts, but podcast can be PDFs, can be waves, can be, can be videos, and it can be all kinds of different genres. Mm-hmm. Okay, why yeah, do we meet, need this over the flexibility of the enclosure tag right now? It's n- this doesn't curious. replace the enclosure tag. This does a, it, it classifies the medium. Right. It says, the medium tag says, okay, what content should I, it, what content should I expect out of this podcast? Is this going to be a podcast, meaning like spoken word? Is it going to be <laughs> a, uh, a video? Is it going to be film? Is it going to be an audio book? Is it going to be music? Uh, is it a blog type uh, okay. textual content? Like this is meant above and beyond a cat. A category is just like uh, what is the okay. content about? Mm-hmm. The medium is what is the content type? Got so it. you can you can okay. see in this demo, this is the CurioCaster uh, web app, uh, web podcast app, and it's got a music section. And so all the when we ingest feeds into the index, we look for the medium tag. And if it's got a medium in it, we extract that out and save it so we can deliver back. If you ask the index API, if you ask it for music podcasts, it will give you back a list of all the podcasts that have a music medium tag listed. And so when when the CurioCaster app, like you see in the screenshot, when it when it see when you flip it to music mode, it becomes a music player app. And so mm-hmm. the transcripts are no longer uh, spoken word transcripts. Now they're interpreted as lyrics to songs. The uh, tracks, uh, the episodes are listed as tracks, not as mm-hmm. episodes. Uh, the podcast becomes an album, not a podcast. So when you see that, depending on what the podcast tags, the, uh, puts in the medium tag, it gives the app a signal as to how to interpret what to expect this content to be. Um, and that's, that's, so you can imagine a podcast app that just wants to uh, show you documentary films. Well, if it put in, if you put in film in the podcast, in the, uh, in the podcast medium tag, well, it could, it could do that. Uh, so this is, this is a way to give apps the signals they need in order to know how to behave correctly to handle your content. Does that tag um, is that tag flexible enough to associate to alternate enclosures? Well, there's an actual alternate enclosure tag. We just haven't gotten to it yet. No, no, mm-hmm. but the medium re- uh, reference. I mean, if you say that this this RSS feed is video, but yet down in mm-hmm. the alternate enclosure tag, you have an alternate enclosure of video and audio. So how does that map yeah. and give yeah, a clear that- signal? The alternate enclosure tag can live within any medium. So, if the if the if the podcast is film, and the alternate enclosure holds an uh, an Opus okay. file, Opus audio file, Got then it. the app can know to fall back to that when the screen goes off. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. So- uh, soundbite tag, pretty simple. Uh, it's just a start. It's a reference. The soundbite tag is always a reference to the enclosure, the main enclosure file. And so the, the soundbite just says, uh, okay, given this enclosure, there's going to be a start time, a duration, and a title or a name for this soundbite. And it's just meant for the creator to say, uh, okay, uh, here's, a, here's what I think is a really cool soundbite from this episode I just published. And this soundbite starts at this time marker and it lasts for 22 seconds, let's say. 
And here's what, here's a little pithy phrase of what it was about. And lots of different podcast apps will support clips and sound bites and that kind of thing. This, this lets them suck that data right out of the feed. So they don't have to necessarily right. crowdsource every, every clip. Again, this is another real big discoverability thing where. Yeah, and also uh, I would think maps pr- pretty closely to the potential of chapters too, potentially. It seems like but it's probably yeah, a different sure. duration though. You know, mm-hmm. one, one thing that we've been challenged with and we're actually working with our SoundStack partner is when, you know, some of like Adam heard a uh, hepatitis C commercial on the show the other day uh, for a vaccine. <laughs> So when we, not every, because we're on programmatic, not every episode of the show is someone gets uh, served an ad. Sometimes you get it, sometimes you don't. And when there is one, it, it causes a problem with the closed caption being offset 30 seconds. And right. so we're looking for a signal back from, because there's a transaction that happens. Uh, essentially, I serve the media from my CDN when there's no ad in it and SoundStack serves the media when there is an ad in it. So, you know, uh, it, okay. it, it, it does a round round. So I want the ability for SoundStack. I said, Hey, send us a signal when there's going to be no ad on this request. And that way I know what to trigger in the system so that the closed caption stays right. Or I offset it 30 seconds. And, yeah. but, the problem I'm having is now I'm like, okay, how do I fix this, you know, soundbite? I'm be like, and I'm going to break that because again, so we're thinking about some of this when it comes to trying to integrate with, you know, not a show that's pure value for value. So this is, in my opinion, what we're thinking about right now is part of the hard stuff, <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah. but, but you guys are got your own hard stuff too, that you're working on. Um, and uh, probably this one here is, you know, like we were talking about this. I said, I think if we, when, when we implement this, we're going to put this in the experimental section of our platform, you know, because <laughs> unless we integrate with get Albi or something like that, cause it's going to be easier you know, it's not going to be complicated, but the value for value block is, is hard. Yeah. It, it's on, it's hard because then you're, now you're getting off the reservation yep. into uh payment territory and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So, you know, the, va- the value block uh, currently supports uh, the Lightning, uh, Bitcoin Lightning uh, infrastructure because that's what, that's what we know. It's cheap. It's fast. Uh, and that's that we, it's like, okay, you can't solve every problem. You can't use every cryptocurrency. You got to pick one thing and go with it um, and in order to get a system that's up and running. So the value block, we wrote it so that it can support anything. Uh, and currently, like uh, in uh, the developer, one of the developers over at NPR is currently submitting a proposal for using web monetization in that framework with the value block. Um, and so we're it can it is flexible enough of a tag to support any payment method you can think of. Um, but we started and the focus of our development uh, in the index and with podcast 2.0 will is is focused on Bitcoin Lightning. And uh, that's where you see, like in these uh, uh, screenshots, you see where it says Sats. That's a Satoshi, and, and you know, people are familiar with this terminology terminology a lot now. The Satoshi is a fragment of a of a Bitcoin, and so the the idea here is the value tag. So uh, you put this into your feed, 
uh, or into your episode, and it says, okay, here's a list of addresses. Here's a list of wallet addresses. And for each one of these addresses, here's a percentage of the total of a payment that goes to each address. And then it just says which currency to use. So in this particular, in most cases, 99% of the time now it's going to be Bitcoin or Lightning. Um, and so that, uh, when the app sees that it's ready to send, that it needs to send a payment, you say, you've decided as the listener, I'm going to send 25,000 sats to Todd and Rob, uh, to the new media show. It looks at your value block, sees there's, sees all the different addresses in there and which percentages of which, of how much goes to which one splits the payments up and sends those payments out. That's, it's pretty much that simple. Now, it's it's simp- it's easy to describe. It's difficult to implement. Yeah. So um, that's, uh, but that's the concept there. And if you uh, you can split this up five different ways, like somebody did it the other day. Um, Kyron from the Mere Mortals podcast, he put like twenty five splits in there just as a just as getting crazy trying to see if he could break stuff. And um, and it ha- and it worked. It sent 25 different payments out to 25 different wallets. I, I think it's important, too, for people to understand why, you know, because if I if I ask for a PayPal donation, they take, what, 5%, right? And right. someone's going to have to send me 25 bucks to make that PayPal donation worth it. You're not going to send a $2 PayPal donation because they're going to eat 50 cents of that donation just in processing fees, whereas... <laughs> The there's still there's some processing fees, there's some overhead in Satoshi's, but at the same time, that's handled in the transaction, and we get the well. Actually, when someone sends me twenty five thousand sats, like today, we we received uh, one thousand one hundred eleven sats from Relaxed Mail. He said, "Hey, it's Pods. Hey, it's the Pod Sage. Todd and Rob joined the show." So we got 1,111 sats, but it costs a little more than that to send that to us. But we got the value that he wanted to send to us. Yeah, there's a few, there's a few different things that are uh, the concepts here of why this is, this is built the way it's built. Number one is never leave the app. Yep. So it, it reduces the friction down to nothing. There's literally a button on the app that says boost. So I can tap that button. I can type in 25,000, you know, 25,000, type in a little message and hit send. And I've never left the podcast app. So that's that's the first thing. Uh, The next thing is there's nobody in between the listener and you. It's literally a direct payment that gets sent from the app to your wallet nobody's in between there so there's no there's no censorship mm-hmm. there's no deplatforming de- it's a direct financial relationship with you and the listener um the i'd say the 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 other thing is that it allows you to have this direct sort of feedback mechanism where you because you can get messages because you can send messages within the payments as well it make it makes you feel connected to your audience in a way that's a little round robin if you try if you have to okay remember i gotta remember okay after the show i'm gonna go and get on paypal and uh send this donation note and i gotta remember what i what this part of the program was that i was going to, to going to comment on it it reduces all that friction down to nothing you you can hit pause hit the boost button done 
Dave, uh, we're coming up on an hour and a half. I want to be respectful of your time because I know that uh, you often do these during your lunch hour and you take a little extended lunch hour. So I just want to make sure that we're not going to, if you've got to go, let us know. But uh, I'm on a roll, man. I can't oh, be stopped. Okay. So awesome. <laughs> okay. So yeah, that, yeah, I wanted to ask another question on this too. Um, you know, to get the listening apps to support this, right? Are they, do you expect them wanting uh, a cut? Yeah, they, they get a the, cut. They absolutely. Yeah, it's just not that's, shown here in the Yeah, absolutely. That that's yeah. that was one, thank you for uh, bringing that up, Rob, because that's one of the critical parts of this is that everybody in the chain needs to get a piece of the action because, mm-hmm. the you know, the hosting, the hosting companies have built successful businesses. Uh, many podcasters have built successful businesses. Um, but, and then there's third parties making money off advertising. Lots of people make money within the podcast ecosystem. The 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 ones that have been the hardest to monetize are the podcast mm-hmm. apps. Those right. guys hardly get anything. And there's it, this we from day one we we said okay this has to change. The podcast app if we're bringing all these features and they're doing tons of development work and they're doing all this hard work. Podcasting wouldn't exist without these podcast apps and they're getting pennies on the dollar. We need to get, you know, 99 cents in an app store. We need to change this where they can get a piece of that action. And that's, and we, we encourage them. Like, hey, figure out whatever percentage it is you need. If it's, you know, two, three, five, seven percent, whatever, be sure and take a cut and just be honest, be transparent about mm-hmm. what the cut is. And just take the cut because you have to get paid too. And this is a problem that we've had for many, many years. There was a couple of initiatives that were done. And I kept telling people that were in these initiatives, you haven't incentivized it for the podcast app developers. They are not going to do this. They're going to show you the bird and you're mm-hmm. going to have no adoption success. Right. right. And this changes that completely. Now, I think it's going to take some time to get this yeah. value for value piece, especially when it comes to Satoshi's and people understanding this. But if we can get this rolling and educate people, then this, in my opinion, is, is a big part of a game changer. A small content creator is not going to have to worry about taking a cut. If you don't th- quit thinking about Satoshi's as an investment vehicle, think about you, you deposit some money, you get some, some Satoshi's, you get some crypto, that then is just a number. Let's say you have a hundred thousand sats. Don't worry about what that value is. Then when you send 10,000 sats to somebody, it's, it's, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a donation that's going to change in value, but you've sent them 10,000 sats. It's not anything about investment. It's, it's about the, the token amount of money that you're sending over that that podcaster can then truly cash out, take out of their wallet and turn into hard dollars and cents. The value is going to change when they cash it out. But this, to me, makes the most sense where I don't have to pay PayPal or Patreon or any of these other knuckleheads mm-hmm. a cut. So is Apple going to no. expect a cut of this? Apple's not going to do this. No, no, no. But because there's a transaction happening that's going to the app owner... If Apple introduced this in Apple Podcasts, absolutely. The <laughs> the platforms have been very hands off when it comes to crypto in general. Oh, they have the wallets okay. and kind of thing. Yeah, 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 definitely. But and and the reason is because um, the reason is because the 
Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies are not classified as currency. Right. These are not financial. These are not actual currency transactions that are going that are going on right. by right. you know le- legally. It's almost like a rewards so, program kind of concept, right? It's not really money. Yeah, it's, it's not. It's not money to them. Yeah, it's something else. And so uh, they they've been very hands off, which has been great because it's allowed this experimentation in this this mad science laboratory <laughs> to to go and there's really not been any uh any problem there it's been it's been it's been great it's been a way to like you said uh todd i mean you know you don't have to buy into no. uh bitcoin maximalism or any of this no. kind of stuff you don't have to be a zealot uh, you can simply treat this as a as a simple financial you know simple transaction you know, spin up a wallet uh, and then you you just convert it back to dollars if you want to or whatever right. your local currency is. You don't have to be a zealot about it. No. And the way I look at it is if you're going to make a cash donation, I would much rather you send it this way than to send than for me to lose the percentage of money I'm going to lose through the PayPal transaction or whatever it may be. Now, if you want to send me a check, yeah. that's cool. We'll deposit that. But who, when's the last time money wrote a check? You know, and that, that takes like, you have to stop, write the check in an envelope, get a stamp. There's too much friction there. It's just easy. Click, bing, yep. and, and you're done. Um, Still a lot of people take checks, Todd. I write checks all okay. the time. <laughs> the only people that write checks are the old dude in front of you at the grocery store. <laughs> right. When you're in a hurry. Yeah, that's true. This Certainly one, not in any big, big retailer, but yeah. This next stuff. one's hard, but could be such a game changer if everyone adopted it. So, oh, yeah. And there's some recent news on that as well, because uh, WordPress, uh, mm-hmm. the, there's a WordPress plugin that's based on ActivityPub. So let's, you know, real quick, cross-app comments uh, functions based on the podcast social interact tag. And the social interact tag just specifies uh, a location, which is a URI or URL, to a root post. And that root post can be can li- just live somewhere on the internet, and what? And it also specifies what protocol to use, whether that's ActivityPub, Twitter, etc. So, the idea here is that as long as the app knows what protocol it's speaking, and where to go find the sort of root of this comment thread, that's all it needs. It can go grab the. It can go sort of hook into the root of this post of this thread and pick up the conversation. It can read the, it can read the comments. And if it, if it speaks the protocol that's being specified, it can post back to it. So that could be Twitter or activity pub. Activity pub is what we have pushed and preferred just because it's open and we're open. And, uh, it's a very well, you know, well-worn open protocol at this standpoint is what Mastodon runs on. Um, it's, uh, Castapod, the Castapod guys speak it natively. So now WordPress, uh, there's this really nice WordPress plugin that has ActivityPub support where you can add ActivityPub support to your WordPress site. That's now about to get the ability to do replies. So that means replies from the outside world. Awesome. So this, yeah, this could be a thing where uh, something like PowerPress can hook into the native ActivityPub protocol there and just publish a root post and be able to accept interactive comments back and forth. Um, you can see uh, uh-huh. a screenshot there where you have uh, uh, this, uh, this is Podverse and it's showing 
the comment flow uh, within the app there. And that's purely that's purely coming from the feed. That's coming from uh, what Podverse is doing is it's seeing that root post specified in the feed and it's it's going out and grabbing it and displaying the comments and other apps like Podfriend does this as well. Another web app, uh, Podfriend will go out and it will it will show you'll see the identical comment list. Everything is the same across apps. There's no more siloing of of comments. That's you know keeping people in the app, allowing them to yep. reply, allowing them to interact across multiple apps, and building community where that you don't have to look at Twitter, you don't have to look at Facebook, you don't have to look at YouTube, you don't have to look, you know, five different mm-hmm. places and the conversation is right there. So to yeah, me, if you decide that you're if you decide your listeners are not angry enough, you can throw a Twitter <laughs> thread in there and make them really pissed off. Make their life miserable. And of course, the 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 tag that has probably me the most excited is is the lit tag and uh I can't yeah. wait to uh, light new media show up. Uh, it, it's coming. Uh, yeah, so the live stream tag, uh, again, is fairly, you know, a lot of these tags are pretty simple in concept. Uh, the live item tag just says, uh, it, it is, it structurally looks just like an item. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got a title, it's got an enclosure, it's got a description, it's got an image. If you look at it, you look, you are looking at an item, uh, an, a standard RSS 2.0 item tag. The only difference is that the live item takes some uh, extra attributes. You get a start time, when it's going to go live. Uh, You have an end time, optional, when is it going to end. And uh, you're going to have where is the video, uh, excuse me, uh, you have where is the video or audio stream, which should be in the enclosure or the alternate enclosure, and also a status. And I think I left that out of this slide. But there's a status attribute, and the status is either pending, live, or ended. And so that's part of that feed is the source of truth. Um, the app's going to go check the feed to say what what status is this? Because just because just because the the uh, stream says it's going to go live at you know 10:35 p.m., well, technical things happen, <laughs> glitches happen. It could be 10:45. It could be 10 minutes late starting. Well, if, if the live item status attributes doesn't say live, it hasn't started yet. Um, and you can see, you know, you're showing the screenshot now of the, these are two different apps. This CurioCaster on the left and Podverse on the right, both showing this same live item uh, coming from the feed and is saying that this, this live stream is now, is now ongoing. It's started. And the beauty is you can do an audio stream. You can do a video stream. You put basically what, and if the app supports it, they would click that live and they're going to see, just like you see on the website or on Facebook, you're going to see this live stream right in the app or listen to the live stream right in the app. So so where does the metadata come from for the the image and the text description and stuff? Is that built into the link that you... Get it's right there in the it's right there in the live item. So if you think if you envision what an XML item tag standard item mm-hmm. tag looks like, Rob. Oh, okay, got it. it. The live item looks exactly like it, except it's got those extra attributes in the tag itself. Yeah, and uh, it, so it all yeah, and it's be, easy to parse. And because it's 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 at the upper level, it basically doesn't touch anything in your normal podcast feed. It comes right. in, it comes in as a new block or a channel. I don't know what 
what level it comes in as it comes in an item or does it come as a channel? It, it's, it's in the channel. It's in the, it's a, it's a child of the channel, child of the channel. So it drops in there. And then as soon as you're done, whatever software you're using has to support, has to pull it out and then it goes mm -hmm. back to normal and takes you essentially offline. Um, right. So you have, you know, this is where, and we talked about this earlier. Uh, this is where pod ping comes back into play Yep. because uh, what you need with something like a live, I like a live stream is because the timing is so flaky, uh, you can know roughly what time it's going to start, but you can't know exactly. And even the host can't know because there can be problems. So what you need is a notification service. And that's what Podping is. Podping is a notification service. So if you're watching the the Podping stream, the Podping blockchain, you we can send a special pod ping with a what's called a reason code and the reason code can be live or ended and so when you see that feed url come through and the status the reason code of live when you see that come through the blockchain on pod ping then the app knows hey go check the xml again because something probably changed mm -hmm. and when they go and reparse the xml feed and see that the status has changed to live in the live item then they're no, they know, okay, boom, live streams on. And now we can send push notifications to our listeners saying that their favorite podcast just went live. Uh, and that's what Podverse is doing right now. They started a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago. And uh, every time we go live every Friday at noon at 1230, the, uh, we send out the ping. Podverse sends out a push notification to all of its listeners. They subscribe to us. Flip. Done. And if you think about where we're headed, you know, Robbie, you and I have been doing live for 10 years and we, our time's China changes. If you get a little late or if I have problems with the stream or whatever, mm -hmm. something, it's three, three o'clock to three ten. you know, before we get the thing up and going. But if I know we're up and running and I push the trigger and basically then that'll send the notification or if I do a, you know, two minutes prior, two minute warning and to get everyone, you know, kind of a little time to come in, mm -hmm. it, it's a, um, this is a game changer from an interactivity standpoint because, again, we're keeping the listener right in the app. And guess what else yeah. they can do during watching it live? They can boost. They can they can send a donation while they're live. They see something they like, bing, they hit it. And you guys just heard earlier a, a boost that come in, pew, on, on the stream. That is, and we're not lit. People are having to come over and watch the live stream or listen to the audio. But this is, in my opinion, it really allows the how the podcasting space is moving. It gives those folks that are going to go and do live, either audio stream or a video stream, the ability to at least send the bat signal out and say, hey, we're up. We're up and running. And yeah. I don't have to realize on someone, remember, oh, yeah, Todd's going to be live at 3 o'clock on Facebook. I don't have to. They get the thing that we want them to get. No one else is doing this. No one. You go on YouTube, you don't, well, maybe if you subscribe to a channel, you might get an announcement. I don't know. But. So does that tag uh, basically enclose one of the alternate enclosures uh, that links to the media file? It can. So it, because it can. it's just a, because it's just a renamed standard item, mm -hmm. um, it can hold every tag that a standard item tag can. So the alternate enclosure tag can certainly be one of those, and the alternate mm -hmm. enclosure is it, the alternate enclosure is important for things like uh, live item because 
if you're on the road, you may have bandwidth problems. Uh, your app may choose to flip down to a low bandwidth version. So you can give alternate enclosures uh, and the alternate enclosure specification is very, is very robust. I mean, it is, it is a, it's a big, it's a heavy spec, uh, right. but you can specify audio bit, bit different bit rates, uh, video streams, HLS, uh, you can specify all different sorts of bandwidth, uh, and capability streams so that the app can say, uh, oh, okay, you just turned the screen off on the on, on this video podcast that's live. Uh, I'll flip back to the audio because that's going to be a lot less uh, drain on the battery and a lot bit better for, for bandwidth. Or uh, you looks like you're going through a congestion area. I'm going to start uh, – I'm going to flip that down to the Opus audio or whatever. Um, and that that's uh, because the live item can uh, support that and any other tag just like a regular item can. Uh, you can drop an alternate enclosure in there, and that's that's probably going to become pretty important as this thing matures. I think what, and we've just went through a whole bunch of stuff here, and uh, Dave did this presentation in like 15 minutes, and we've taken over an hour to go through this. And <laughs> <laughs> this is the way it should have been done, probably. So. And, and, and I think here is the crux, Rob. You said it when we began the show. There's lots of naysayers out there that are, oh, RSS is dead. Well, you look at it, it's not. You look at the bevy of people that are it, there's a huge ecosystem of developers, companies. You've got Dave and Adam kind of steering the wagon here. And yet they said, Hey, here's here's what's been collected by the community. Here's the idea. Here's the proof specs. Go build it. Do what you want to do with this. And this is why I had a mindset change where I was like, oh man, I, I just, I could have built for 97%. And I said, no, 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 no. I, I, it's happened maybe round time podcast movement or some, sometime in there. I said, no, I got, I got to change my thinking. If we don't build this as the hosting provider and put these functions into the platform and I dump 80,000 feeds in the system with podcast 2.0 support, then the app developers, not, not only the app developers, the listeners can start saying, hey, how come you haven't put this in, this feature into Pocket Cast or Overcast or whatever it may be um, and apply pressure? I'm telling all my audience members, go use a, a new podcasting app, a new podcast podcasting 2.0 app. I'm saying shift. And it's taken two months. But now I'm starting to actually see my listeners starting to listen specifically on, um, on Fountain. And because they can earn some Satoshis by listening, they're donating those back to the show. It's taken some time, but I'm telling them, this is where I want you to listen to the show. Mm -hmm. Because, and, it, it, and of course, there's other apps. Podverse and these other apps have done great things. But the main thing was I want them to, I want to change a behavior. So as a host, a podcast podcaster, I'm making my audience know this is a, an option. And at the same time, as a hosting provider, I'm saying, okay, we're going to, to implement these things so that we can feed it. We want to got to feed it from both ends. And if we do this, the work that Dave and Adam have done over the past two years, which has been like this slow crawl up the hill, uh, we, can, we can turn this thing into an avalanche. And... <sighs> And, and really change the space. And th this is just, because how many, 
what are you guys working on now? I know you guys have like a stack of stuff. This is just like, is this V1 what we just talked about or? <laughs> that represents, so these tags that we just went through represent uh, the first, we do the namespace in phases. So we open up a phase. So we did phase one. And then once we get consensus on a group of tags that everybody feels comfortable with and gets reviewed and, and things, uh, we uh, then we close that phase and formally adopt them into the namespace. So then we've been through phase one, two, three, four, five. So we just, I think what you uh, what you see here represents phase uh, phases one through four mostly, and then phase five had an extra couple of things in it. Uh, we're about to open up phase six, uh, and that's going to have the text, the freeform text record tag that we were talking about earlier. It's going to have that in it. Uh, it's going to have hopefully uh, something called a remote item, mm -hmm. and this is going to be an interesting tag because you can uh, reference, you can create a feed that references items in other feeds. So this is for like creating playlists within RSS, which is something that people have always wanted to do. And so you end up with this weird, terrible sort of thing where people have synthetic feeds that are like, they're feeds that are made up of enclosures from other feeds. And it's like, it's mm -hmm. all gross. Well, this is, this is a way for you, for you to have uh, references to other feed, uh, other, other items, other episodes of other feeds without having to suck in our audio and all that kind of stuff. You can just have a link to them. So there's, yeah, it could be a, uh, like a feed drop kind of a concept. Right? Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly right. A feed drop yeah. without having to do the weird thing where you hijack somebody else's feed. Right. Which is, right. which causes well, all kinds of chaos within aggregators. Yeah. yeah. You know, I just want to put it out there as a challenge. There's a lot of people that listen to this show that have never emailed us, never texted us, never had a comment about the show. You're sitting out there silently listening. And some of you are, have the power within your companies to move this agenda forward so that we can help podcasters grow and expand the space. Um, I'm moving forward. And if you don't want to move forward with Buzzsprout and uh, with RSS.com and all the other players that are out there that are adapting this, see ya. We're going to continue to go um, and and move this forward because RSS, in my opinion, is the last bastion of free speech. And we're going to protect it. It's like, you know, that that Second Amendment, you know, take my gun out of my hand, dying hands type of thing. <laughs> you know, it's going to be the same thing with RSS. So we have a huge opportunity here to move the space and help creators. Uh, I've, I've got an agenda. I got a, the agenda I have is to make sure more people use blueberry podcasting. That's for dog on sure. But at the same time, my heart is with creators to help them grow. So guess what? <laughs> Again, agenda, make sure they're successful. So they continue to pay their hosting bill. Now, anytime you have something, anytime <laughs> you have something new, Todd, that, you know, I mean, it's, it's not, this is, everybody knows this. Anytime you develop a new feature or a spec or a protocol or anything like that, there's always chicken and egg problem. Yep, that's right. There, there's a chicken and egg problem and, and you have to deal with it. Well, the way that we're dealing with it is through the hosting companies because podcast apps, here's the thing, here's the thing. Podcast apps, they thrive on features. They sell their mm -hmm. product based on right. features and what they can give their listeners and in order to so in order to sell subscriptions or or purchases of their app, of their podcast app in order for them to monetize they need a consistent 
uh, ho fire hose of new features they can give their listeners. Well, they can't give those features to them if there's no content that's right. that supports the features. But that, right. but that's an interesting, interesting issue though, because the hosts, the hosting companies, already know if they can build the feature in. They have a ready audience in the podcast apps that are waiting in the wing, ready to implement these features. So it's a, it's a mute. That's how you break the chicken and egg. That's the right. hosting companies can build a feature into their feeds knowing that there's a ready audience willing to, to push it forward in the apps. So you're not building purely based on a rampant speculation. You're building knowing that there's that developers love to develop and they have to develop in order to sell yeah. their product. And, 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 and some are saying, well, Apple's not going to do this. Well, Spotify is not going to do this. I don't care. I don't care if they adopt any of this, to be frank. Well, we have no control over them. Well, that's, and again, do I don't, I do. don't even right. care. Right. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to do my best ability to educate creators. This is why you should be recommending Fountain, Podverse, Cassie. This is why you should be recommending these apps to your listeners. And yeah, it's going to take time. It's we'll celebrate when we get one of these apps to 1% of market share, but it's, 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 and when listeners start finding this stuff through the podcasters, they're going to be like, holy crap, how come this hasn't been here before? I do want to take just a second though. Uh, Adam Curry sent us another 50,000 sats. Thank you, Adam. Thank you for the positive forward motion on 2.0. You're absolutely welcome. Thousand stats from Lehman and uh, Andy. Thank you again for what you've done with the uh, with your WordPress app that you've got. He says I ripped the audio off Todd saying boost and send today for them to use on the podcasting 2.0 show. Okay, I look forward to hearing that. Um, Is that licensable? Do we need to we need to pay a royalty, Todd? <laughs> no. <laughs> and uh, again, for those of you who just wanted to hear the pew pew, thank you so much for for your boost. So. Uh, Todd, I did uh, hear at, at Podcast Movement to kind of riff a little bit off of what you were saying. Um, the content creators are asking for this. Yes, so, they are. So it isn't like, you know, I think the hosting platforms are the glue that can make this work. Um, because we have to offer the functionality that then the content creator can use. And then that functionality exists for the app developers, the listening app developers to add to their platform. So if it's not there with the hosts, then, you know, obviously the, you know, I, the I'm e just, ecosystem I, doesn't work. I'm just one person. But if I enable this for right. 80,000 podcasters and we yeah. hit them with information, say, go do this, this, and this, and why? And there is a couple of um, li listening apps that are supporting it right, right now. So there is a market for right. to for the whole ecosystem. But when right. you get... 80, 100, 200, 300,000 content creators all of a sudden starting to use mm -hmm. these tags. Then it becomes more attractive to listen. It becomes apps. much, you know, when, when, when Dave can report during the board reading, hey, we, we're, we're up to, you know, 135,000 or 155,000, whatever the number is of apps that have podcast 2.0, podcasting 2.0. There you go, uh, right. Dan, you got another quarter. Um, <laughs> tags then that's movement um yeah it's already beyond that todd it's oh good already, it's already more than that it's it's well more than that we've so by the end by the end of the year um just based on you know you you just brought on a bunch of fees with Podping. um 
there's by the end of the year, we're looking at going to be close to half a million feeds that declare the podcasting 2.0 namespace in some form or fashion that, uh, so that means they support at least one tag and it's going to be well over 400,000 feeds that are, that are pod, that are sending out pod pings. We're, I mean, the, the adoption, the adoption's there. Mm-hmm. It's, it's already, it's crossed whatever, you know, that, that curve is it's, it's, you know, it's, it's crossed that. So the, the real issue now is, um, I wrote a, po- a blog post about this a, a few months ago called podcasting 2.0 is, is, is just the future and it's a vision on how to get there. And I think it helps when you think about some of these tags that we talked about, like you imagine a live stream, right? An app, uh, with variable audio video quality, uh, you're able to in the app send money directly to the creator with messages and comments built right into the app. All this stuff right into every podcast app. That is a YouTube super chat level experience. And you don't not siloed on an open every platform. single free app. On and an and I don't have to have a million listener hours on YouTube to get super chat. That's right. And and that means your customer doesn't have to leave Blueberry to go over to YouTube to get that experience. They can stay right on your platform and get that same level of experience. Right. We don't care where they listen. We want them to listen, but we want them to listen now on podcasting 2.0 apps. Yep. Yeah, right. that's, you know, and 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 we can ask nicely and then you can miss the fun. You can you it's when we become lit, you can pew pew the the show and get your little chuckles of scaring me and Rob when the, when the pew pew comes in <laughs> and uh, you know, I, it, it, this is fun to me. This is like, this is the most fun I've had with my clothes on it in a long, long time. <laughs> it really is. You know, this, I, 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 you know, I'm a nerd at heart, you know, so I geek out on this stuff and, uh, uh, I'm taking it very seriously. And I hope well, the rest this of this is how podcasting started, right? Yeah, the this, same, yeah. the same spirit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, it's bringing back the '90s internet. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't want to go there. No, <laughs> we don't want to go there. Parts, <laughs> the '90s internet. Says, yeah, not ISDM. We're not bringing back ISDM. We're bringing back the good parts. Right. right. Some things just need to stay in the past, but that's yeah, right. We, so right. we have taken way more than your time, Dave. Um, what's obviously the podcastindex.org is the place. And of course there's the GitHub link and all that, but you know, what's, yeah. if people want to reach out to you directly, you know, what's, what's the mm-hmm. best way? Uh, Dave at podcastindex.org is my email address. Anybody can ping me and hit me up for anything, anytime. I'm always strive to be responsive and, and, uh, make myself available. Uh, if some, if people, if developers want to get involved, the best place for that is podcast, uh, podcast index.social. That's our Mastodon, uh, request an invite. It's closed because we don't want to deal with spammers, but just request an invite. We'll shoot you one and, uh, get in there and party. It's very welcoming. (laughs) Lots of developer chat, lots of geeky nerd chat all the time. Uh, it's a great place to, to, to be. I feel like I'm on, yeah, I'm watching a, 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 A specific episode from Battlestar Galactica or something like that. Adam (laughs) said, 50,000 sass, take your shirt off, hottie. No, 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 no. (laughs) (laughs) Adam sent sent it. (laughs) So, no, 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 we're not taking no shirt off. But, 
you know, in in all honesty, though, too, make sure you get subscribed to the Podcasting 2.0 podcast. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. We have a show, don't we? Yeah, you have a show. And, and, yeah. and some some knucklehead put it in Apple Podcasts. You guys didn't do that. But I heard on the last show someone, someone submitted it. So do the right thing. Subscribe manually to that show. Do you know? Do, yeah. find, right find, click <laughs> your, your feed and paste it in the thing. Yeah. Um, but if if you're a listener of this show, we'd love to hear your feedback on this too. And if this made you have a mind shift, uh, uh, please uh, please let us know. But uh, again, Dave, thanks for for taking the time. I'm sure there's something I forget to say here. Uh, but yeah, all the boosts that came in today, everyone appreciate that. But uh, yeah, thanks, guys. Appreciate y'all having me on. It was yeah, great fun. We yeah. need to get out of here. I'm Todd at Blueberry.com at Geek News on Twitter. I'm on Twitter as well. Um, at Rob Greenley, and I can be found uh, in email too if you want to send it to me, rob.greenley at gmail.com. That's a great way to reach out to me as well. And of course, for everyone else, go podcasting. Everyone take care. We'll see you next time here on the new media show. Take care. Bye bye. Okay. Bye.